0: Welcome to another episode of How to Read the Bible. I'm Nate Claiborne, and here today again with Benjamin Camp. How are we doing, Ben? Doing well, Nate. Looking forward to finishing up the Gospel, Mark,
1: and getting into these chapters here.
0: Yes, indeed. So, kind of extending some principles from the last episode of assuming there's no wasted stories, There's no the Holy Spirit doesn't waste his breath, um, and when something sticks out as unusual or weird, it's probably worth dwelling on, thinking about, looking for connections. And so, a a very famous weird passage in the Gospel of Mark is this little section, right after the betrayal and arrest of Jesus, uh, we have a young man fleeing, as the heading says. Mm -hmm. So, I'm gonna read Mark 14, 51 and 52. It says, and a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And then the next scene is Jesus before the council. So I'd love to see somebody preach the gospel from that passage. <laughs> like that's their sermon text. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe you're going to do that for us. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yes. um, so anyways, I remember as a teenager finding passages like this and it being an endless source of humor. Um, but it, as I got older, went to seminary, I had a professor who actually wrote a journal article about this. So I got to give him a little credit for pointing this out. I didn't come up with this on my own, but we'll kind of guide you through the steps here of what happened. So I can ask you, Ben, when you think of other stories in the Bible, what does this connect in your mind with?
1: Mm. Other stories in the Bible, I think of, um, to some extent, I think of Joseph, Okay, uh, how he is being tempted by Potiphar's wife, and she, he says no, right, and tries to leave, and as he's leaving, she grabs his cloak and he mm-hmm. rips it off or uh, is left with her. Um, I'm sure that there's other ones that... That kind of mind too. But. Yeah,
0: I think that's the that's the most obvious parallel, probably, of someone running away from a scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: and ending up naked because someone pulled their clothes off as they were running away. Yeah. Um, so maybe we we kind of hold that in our mind. Um, we could think back to to the garden. If we want to go all the way back, mm-hmm. further in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve realize they're naked and they're mm-hmm. ashamed. Um, and so maybe we could let's kind of think of symbols here. So the mm-hmm. young man, there's probably a reason he's not named. And I think maybe our modern modern mindset may be that we want to try to figure out who the young man is, but what we're going to figure out here is what does the young man represent? Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of assume that he's anonymous on purpose. Yeah, that's good. Uh, historically, some people have said that this is potentially Mark putting himself in the story. Mm-hmm. The author and, of this. The gospel. author of the gospel. Um, and that could be true, but I don't think it's relevant for why this little... Uh, two-verse section shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a young man, he's naked and ashamed. We have the, the linen cloth mentioned twice, mm-hmm. once in each verse. So y- if you're just reading that, and this is this is maybe one of the challenges of CBR, is you're reading a chapter a day. So you would have read 14, and then the weekend passes, you read 15 today. Mm-hmm. It's not really until 16, till I think something shows up that connects here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also feels like just a in passing mention. So we're going to argue that there's a little bit of a connection there. Mm-hmm. So beginning in chapter 16, it says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Now, i to pause right there. It's just a side note. Mm-hmm. This, uh, someone pointed out, and I can't remember exactly who it was, this is a very solid indicator of a story that's not made up, especially Mm. if it's a guy writing the story. Mm. A group of guys would not be going to the tomb wondering how they're going to move the stone. They Mm. would just all assume any one of us could get it. It's no big deal. Sure. Uh, A group of women, on the other hand, it would make sense for them to question, Mm. how are we going to actually get into the tomb? But I don't think a guy would be able to think... I mean, it's probably sexist of me to think in these categories and to some degree, but it is a, if you weren't there, you wouldn't have thought to ask that question. maybe. Well,
1: and as we've both heard before, if you were writing this to try to testify to the truthfulness of it, you would not have had women Mm -hmm. being the first ones to the tomb, the first ones to see Jesus resurrected. And and so, because as we've heard, I'm sure even our listeners have heard that a woman's point of view did not hold much weight in the court of law even yeah. uh, as an eyewitness testimony so you wouldn't put women there you'd put men maybe men with authority men that mm. have credibility things like that um, and and so of course we're not necessarily agreeing that that was a good thing but that was the cultural, the way they thought
0: exactly yeah it's, if you were making this story up you would have probably had nicodemus be the one to come show right. up and find the two minty teacher then, of israel yes yeah, yeah. so just th- as a side note um, and it says, and looking up, they saw, I'm in verse four, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. This is where we see, a, I think, a connection. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man <gasps> sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. So we've got young man. We've got, yep, one element. And he's clothed now. He's clothed. Okay. doesn't say linen cloth, mm-hmm. um, but if we he's got a white robe. I think we talk about burial linens in other gospels. So there's mm. a sense in which there's a connection between what he's wearing and what Jesus may have taken on. Mm-hmm. Well, even earlier in this section, it says in verse 46
1: of chapter 15, and Joseph brought, bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. Mm. And so linen shroud is used there, yeah,
0: like burial cloths. In scene, mm-hmm. so if we go back, though, I think we could make the connection, and this is this is where the challenge, accepted we want to preach the gospel from mm-hmm. this passage, um, in chapter fourteen, young man runs away, naked, ashamed, his clothing taken from him. Jesus takes on similar clothing in mm-hmm. his death and mm-hmm. resurrection,
1: the linen shroud, the linen buried, shroud, yeah,
0: and then after the resurrection, he's now clothed again, properly, no longer ashamed, mm-hmm. no longer running away in fear. Well, we could even say Jesus
1: took on the nakedness on the cross, right? Because he was crucified naked. There was, mm-hmm. there was shame in that public display of nakedness. And then in his burial, he takes on that linen shroud. Yeah. And then now this is, a, this is our first picture of resurrection.
0: Yep. Clothed in glory, honor, Yeah. or and- as symbolized by a white robe, which has mm-hmm. connections elsewhere in scripture. hmm for its, um, I think it shows up again in Revelation. Yeah, and, um, white robes dipped in the blood of the Lamb. Mm. Mm. So it may be a little, a little speculative. We did a little speculation last week with right. Psalm twenty three, but I think it's a if we're going to have this random two verses about a guy, it's got to have some connections elsewhere in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that ties up a lot of threads, a lot mm. of symbolism, mm-hmm. and kind of underscores what Jesus' death, burial, resurrection yes. does for
1: us. And so just to zoom out for a second and notice what you did there. You took a weird passage, something that strikes your curiosity as, this this is strange to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you begin to pay attention to some of the key themes both reading backwards to Genesis, Mm -hmm. whether it's Adam and Eve naked and unashamed, and then naked and ashamed, right? Or Joseph, as I mentioned, running away and and having his cloak taken from him. Uh, But then you begin to read forward with the the keywords of young man, what he's clothed in, nakedness, and you begin to see, oh, here we are again, we've got a young man that shows up, Mm -hmm. unnamed. Right, this this anonymous young man yeah. who's sitting in the tomb on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and and so let me ask you, Nate. It sounds like if I was reading Mark sixteen, I would think this might be an angel.
0: Yeah, I think I would assume that too. And I, maybe to go back to something we just mentioned a minute ago, it probably works better to draw the connection if they're both anonymous. Mm. So we're not we're not suggesting same young man. We're mm-hmm. suggesting because they're not named in the mm. story. It's very likely the young man. I mean, if we think of who could the young man be in the earlier part of the story, the author makes maybe the most sense. How would he know about this young man? Otherwise, Mm -hmm. why is he relevant to the story? Whereas to already be inside the tomb at Mm -hmm. this point in time suggests an angelic being, a messenger bringing Mm. the first message of the resurrection.
1: Mm -hmm. So this young man who was clothed and then stripped naked as he fled from the scene in shame... Now the next young man we encounter is clothed in a white, radiant robe and is not running away ashamed, but is actually proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming good mm-hmm. news yeah. to fearful onlookers. And, and so there's even this picture of transformation that we see that, that, that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus transforms young men from yeah. naked, ashamed, fearful, fleeing, to bold, brilliantly dressed ready to proclaim the good news of Jesus.
0: Yeah. And we even, I think we see that connection too, if we look at the way the disciples appear in Mark Mm. and then the way they appear in Acts. Mm -hmm. Something very radical changed from one book to the other yeah that's good and most of them I think I'm reminded of this most of them would have probably been younger men if not teenagers in mm-hmm. some cases I mean Peter James Peter Peter's definitely married because mm-hmm. we have the healing of his mother-in-law so mm-hmm. he's going to be on the older end but he still may only be 22 23 sure. 24 um, James and John seem like teenage boys mm-hmm. you know they're, they're coming back from Healing and being sent on mission, and Jesus mm-hmm. is telling them about how he, you know, he's going to die this horrible death. And they're like, "But Jesus, which one of us is going to be the greatest?" Mm-hmm. Just can you clarify that for us? I know mm-hmm. you're going through stuff, but and then their mom shows up to argue something for them. And you're mm-hmm. like, I, "I've worked with teenagers enough to where I see a lot of similarities." Yeah, that's right. Um, And so that could be part of it, too, is there's a growing Mm -hmm. up, there's a maturing element that Mm. takes place through the course of these stories.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's well said. So so let everybody just understand that what happened here was I challenged Nate to preach the gospel from these two obscure verses (laughs) in Mark 14, and challenge was accepted
0: and conquered. (laughs) Conquered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you you could say that. (laughs) You could say that. We'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, that's right. Now, before we go... um, we should make a quick note here about the ending of Mark. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people's Bibles may have brackets there that say some of the earliest manuscripts don't include verses 9 through 20. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason they're probably... We're gonna keep this, see if we can do this in a minute. Um, The short explanation is that means the earliest copies we have don't have these verses, and later copies do, Mm -hmm. and we have tons and tons and tons of copies. And so they've decided in the English version to include it, but with the note, we don't think Mark wrote this ending, but it has some level of tradition associated with Mm -hmm. it. And so I think it's worth reading through. If nothing else, it is almost like a short table of contents for the book of Acts, Mm. Um, almost everything that is mentioned in there happens in Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, even the the snakes biting, and even the snake biting. biting, the drinking like, but, poison is probably the element that's not in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the best explanation is that Mark wrote his gospel, and for literary reasons, it makes sense that he ends verse not or verse eight with people fleeing afraid Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to raise questions for the reader of how they're going to respond to the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And a principle of textual criticism is if something smooths out obscurity, Mm. it's probably a later addition or smooths Mm. out ambiguity. And so Mm. it, in some ways, you look at the other Gospels, the way Matthew ends, the way Luke ends, the way John mm-hmm. ends, they all have kind of very neat endings, and Mark is just sort of, even grammatically, it ends with the Greek word for four, which is unusual for that to be the last word in a sentence. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that a scribe later would kind of, let's smooth this out, let's not write anything too radical, let's make something similar to Matthew and Luke mm-hmm. that is kind of like Acts as well, and it just gives it a neater mm-hmm. ending. Uh, And that's why we still have these verses in our Bibles, but we don't think Mark wrote them.
1: But I remember being uh, an early in my faith believer and having a friend of mine who was an atheist saying, hey, so, you know, the resurrection is not even talked about in the the gospel of Mark. So what do you do with that? And there's just something funny about that. Whenever somebody challenges those kind of things, I often now will ask like, well, could you show me that? Like, show Mm -hmm. me what you're talking about. Because people make comments about the Bible that actually don't know what they're talking about because the gospel of Mark actually ends even with this section taken off with Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here, but, uh, go tell his disciples, right? This, the resurrection does happen. You just don't see him resurrected, mm-hmm. but the, but the word is, is proclaimed there. Yeah. And so we, I think it's actually important to to note that Christians are being consistent and they are being uh, self-critical in our w- in our willingness to examine these texts and say, "Hey, this beloved section from nine to, to verse twenty isn't maybe is probably not written by Mark." And so we're going to make that we're going to make that clear mm-hmm. because if this book really is authoritative, we want to be honest about how. How these texts are passed down and transmitted, right? Yeah. And so I just appreciate that, even for the trustworthiness of Scripture, that we're we're willing to own that. We're willing to say, you know what? Some scribe probably came along and added this, and that's not inspired and, and authoritative like the original author, uh, the rest of the original author's work was. But we're going to name that, and we're yeah. going to be we're going to be kind of show our cards, if you will.
0: Yeah, it, it is kind of remarkable that it the things that were probably added later still get pointed out. They're like, hey, we think this was added later. Hey, we mm-hmm. think this verse was thrown in here. Um, rather than just uh, attempted to be erased from history. Like, mm-hmm. uh, no, that the, this end of Mark is not original, so let's expunge it from all mm. future versions. Yeah. It's like, well, it kind of, in some versions it's there, some versions it's not. Our best evidence suggests it's not original, but mm. let's at least note yeah so and we'll we'll talk more about textual criticism for the lay person mm-hmm. for the average person in future episodes, but this was the first time it's come up and it just felt worth
1: worth pointing out. That's good. Well, thanks, Nate. This has been helpful
0: yeah.